0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, Welcome in, friends, to this special edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Navo from NBC5 Chicago. With me, of course, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 6'7 The Score and the I'm Fat Podcast. Jay, we have a trade to discuss.
1: Finally. As the
0: Chicago Blackhawks have shipped Ole Mata out to the harsh environs of Los Angeles in exchange for vaunted Fort Wayne Comets forward Brad Morrison. The Blackhawks get some salary cap relief with this deal. Do retain just a little bit of salary, but this is without a doubt the first salvo of what is sure to be many, many Blackhawks moves to come ahead in the next few days. Jay, how are we doing? How are we feeling? What's the uh, what's the vibe here?
1: I'm feeling pretty satisfied with this. We knew that one way or another, Olimata was going to have to go for the Hawks to get the cap relief they needed to get. They were able to do it without buying him out, which I think is ideal. Yes, they retained some salary, but uh, they now, as it stands, with a little bit of fancy uh, maneuvering of the roster here and there, they have the ability to get Strom, Kubelik, and Crawford signed with this deal. We will detail that in a little bit. I also have been talking with a Blackhawk source over the last few days, and I have a little bit of info on the Corey Crawford-slash-Blackhawks goaltending situation. Where we're going to get into that as well. First of all, I want to tell you how to get in touch with us for are madhousepod at gmail.com or at Madhouse Pod on Twitter. Instagram, Madhouse underscore pod. Facebook is Facebook.com slash Madhouse Hockey, CHI. And uh, I've been selling signed copies of my book. They arrived this week. If you'd like to get a signed copy, bit.ly slash Zawaski Book will connect you to that order form. 27 bucks gets you a signed copy shipped copy i've got a bunch left but they're going quickly so if you want one jump in now if you'd like to get it just by the traditional methods it's out november 10th anywhere you get books but i encourage you to pick up that book at your local independent bookseller if at all possible all right so the trade is made james detailed it um i've been farting around with cap friendly since this trade happened and when you go to cap friendly you go to the hawks page you see them with $11,163,687 of cap space. That's without Corey Crawford signed. That's without Strom and Kubelik signed. It's without all the free agents that remain, like uh, Cuckoo and Kajula and all those guys remain unsigned under those numbers. So here's what I was able to bang out. This gives the Hawks $655,353 of cap space, okay? Now the roster's not full. I've got twenty-one. I've got uh, eleven forwards. I'm sorry, thirteen forwards, and six defense and two goalies. I signed Strom for three and a half million. I signed Cuba League for four million. I signed Crawford for four million. That gives the Hawks enough cap space if they make the roster. Uh, you know, if they can negotiate the roster a little bit, it works. Now the question is, obviously, that's not a full roster. You don't have a ton of cap space to fill the roster. $655,000 is not going to get you anyone for the minors to fill that spot. But that $3.9 million deal for Andrew Shaw is included in that cap hit, which it has to be because he's on the roster and he said he's going to try to play. But you have to wonder, if that's the case, does a guy like Ryan Carpenter, does a guy like David Camp? that make a million bucks and they play on the bottom six, could those guys maybe be moved out uh, with Brandon Peary back and with Stroman Kubelik resigned, maybe re-signed, maybe you have a little bit of flexibility to move one of those contracts out. That solves your problem. Maybe you can get Slater Cuckoo back with that money. Um, there's a lot of possibilities, but it seems like with this Mata trade uh, that they're in pretty good condition to get these guys signed that they want back.
0: Yeah, I've seen some kind of weeping and gnashing of teeth about the Blackhawks not getting anything, quote-unquote, for Ole Mata. And the, the thing that they got for him is they didn't have to buy him out. They're not going to be stuck with a cap hit for him for the next four seasons. Like, yeah, never a great thing to have to retain salary, but $750,000 to retain salary in the NHL is pretty much a pittance. Like, that's like a what? A minor league player essentially that they're going to have to carry on their roster to get rid of a contract that was worth over $4 million over the next, like each of the next two seasons. I feel like this was without a doubt to me, at least the best the Blackhawks were going to be able to do in this situation based on the reality of the current NHL, which is that a lot of teams are going to be dealing with some pretty significant salary cap issues based on the fact that the cap is going to stay flat, based on the fact that teams are really concerned that they're going to have to deal with uh, flatlining revenues if they can't get fans back into the stadiums anytime soon. The Blackhawks honestly have made the best out of a bad situation to me I don't think that trading for Mata in the first place was necessarily a huge mistake like yeah that's probably one that I'm kind of missing what they had sent to Pittsburgh in that deal but at the same time they needed veteran NHL depth on this blue line they got it in that trade and now they've made another move to save salary cap space I'm not going to sit here and like whine and complain about these two deals specifically for Stan Bowman I do think that this does raise obviously some questions about whether or not you're going to have a lot of NHL experience on your blue line next season. And like you alluded to during your exercise with kind of bringing some guys in and out of the roster, they still have some challenges left to face even after doing this deal, after potentially buying out Zach Smith depending on what happens with the Brent Seabrook situation. This is, I still think, obviously, the only the first move in a series of moves that the Blackhawks are going to need to make to construct their roster for next season. And I think that Blackhawks fans are going to have to really tailor their expectations to what the reality of the current market is in the NHL. And if the Blackhawks don't completely overhaul their roster – it can't really be viewed as much of a failure right now based on what every other team in the league is having to deal with, too.
1: I should mention, by the way, you mentioned um, Zach Smith. I did, in my exercise to build the roster, I did buy him out. So that was considered when I uh, gave you those numbers for the Blackhawks roster I had. Yeah, I mean, James, would I have preferred a draft pick for Olimata Mata uh, than Brad, Brad Morrison? Probably. Uh, Talked to somebody I know who covers the Kings, and they said he's got an endless motor, no real off switch. He's got some skill and speed, but he's having trouble putting the whole package together. Uh, quote, I think he's not going to move the needle much for the Blackhawks, but given the right role or responsibility in Rockford could grow to be more consistent. So you're getting a guy, uh, you know, that's, if he's going to make it in the NHL is going to be a bottom six type. The Hawks have a lot of those, but again, this moves made to get Olimata off the roster. And I know everyone's down on Stan Bowman, myself included. I think James included. Um, but he's He's making phone calls. He's doing work. He's doing his job. He knows what the market is for Olimata. He knows what teams are willing to give up for Olimata. And he made the deal he deemed to be the best they can make. And I think that teams know the Hawks cap situation. They know that they're that if, if they if the Hawks don't trade Olimata, they're gonna have to buy him out. So they're gonna give as little as they can to make that deal happen. So uh, here it is. It's done. It's the first big step in solidifying the guys you need and want back. I think in order, Kubalik, Crawford and Strom uh, and, and the way it is right now, it looks like they're much closer to making that happen than they were 24 hours ago. And that is the goal.
0: Yeah. And obviously this assumes your, your exercise, assume that they're not going to try to move Dylan Strom at the NHL draft, which is definitely going to be a place where I think we're going to see more moves being made, and I, I will also say that yes, I would have loved to have had a draft pick instead of Olimata But I think the fact of the matter is that they probably would have had to retain more salary if it was strictly a deal for a draft pick. I would think, and to me, it's probably okay then to take on a guy that probably has—I—I I wouldn't give him any better than a fifty-fifty shot of making the opening night roster. I mean. There is a reason he wasn't playing for Ontario last year. He was playing for the Fort Wayne Comets. This move is going to do a lot more for the Rockford Ice Hogs or the Indy Fuel than it's going to do for the Chicago Blackhawks as far as I'm concerned.
1: Well, and that's fine too. I mean, that's you knew where you were, you knew where you stood, you knew what you had to do and you did it and it's it's of course you're you're not doing from a position of strength and that every team knows that so here the hawks are. i right, want to tell you about our friends at triple threat sports for all your team outfitting needs call chris 708-478-6090 i have seen the sneak preview of our madhouse podcast merchandise store it looks great it should be ready to go uh, middle of next week or end of next week at the very very latest so look forward to that it looks awesome i cannot wait to launch it and put it out to you the madhouse podcast listeners and of course our friends at marishka's and crest hill 604 theater street family owned and operated since 1933 go get a poor boy go get that toy baked potato go get that yodel burger that's james's favorite the toy baked potato the onion rings they're all great marishka's and crest hill again 604 theater street they are closed only on christmas easter the 4th of july and thanksgiving so you are covered when it comes to marishka's we'll be right back with more on the madhouse chicago hockey podcast
0: Dear home, we need a change, a room evolution. We need HomeSense, a new store, where one bold piece can change your whole place. Like a leather sofa built for beauty and binge watching. With endless discoveries, I'll always bring you something pretty, or cool, or pretty cool. Want a hand-woven rug? Game-changing savings mean the answer is yes. I'm going now. The new store's in Franconia, at Manchester Boulevard and Beulah Street. Love you. HomeSense,
1: this changes everything. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawaski with you here. James Neveau out there in Bourbon A. And while Olimata has been traded to the LA Kings for Brad Morrison, the goaltenders and Corey Crawford specifically remain the next big issue on the table for the Blackhawks. And I was speaking to a source uh, this week about this very situation because it's very much lingering over everything. Source seems to think the two-year deal at $4 million each gets it done. So an eight million total total deal, four million dollar cap hit for Corey Crawford. That's a, a little more money than I'm comfortable with. Maybe they can meet somewhere in the middle of that, you know, four million and three point five the Hawks offered. They if they meet at like three point seven five and give Crawford that second year, maybe you know, that, that solves a big problem. I know it doesn't sound like much, but that half a million bucks, that gives you the cap space to get Slater Cuckoo signed too. And now you're talking right now. You're talking about I'm not saying a cup contender, but you've got your roster built. You're ready to go. You're ready to compete. You're ready to take the ice with an appropriately sized and skilled roster.
0: Yeah, and I think that bringing back Crawford at this point, just kind of based on some of the other contracts that we've seen given out to goaltenders, I'm sure our listeners saw that Robin Leonard signed a $5 million a year deal with the Vegas Golden Knights for the next five years. I'm sure they saw that Brian Elliott just re-upped with the Philadelphia Flyers. There was another goaltender move that – oh, the – penguins just re-signed Tristan Jerry to a deal as well so a lot of the pieces are kind of starting to fall into place in the goaltender market and I know that I've seen reports that the Blackhawks could potentially be interested in Matt Murray we had already alluded to last week that the Blackhawks had potentially kicked the tires on Darcy Kemper as well both of those guys would cost more than four million dollars a season and I think that that's probably going to be the correct prism to kind of view all of this through is you can't just look at the $4 million for Corey Crawford and say, Oh, that's too high. You also have to look at what the other options on the market are, because you're not going to roll into next season with Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban as your two net minders. If you do that, that is the potential for disaster is just off the charts. I think the Blackhawks are looking at this market right now, and, yeah, they may be expressing some interest in Kemper and also in Matt Murray, but I think at the end of the day, based on the assets that they would have to give up to make either of those deals or the assets that would be required to be expended to bring back Corey Crawford at $4 million a season, I think that, to me, is probably the most palatable option on the market right now.
1: Yeah I think so too and and uh, you know they are looking at other options in case Corey Crawford doesn't work. Uh, you mentioned Kemper, uh, Matt Murray. I, I think they're also going to just sort of sniff around Henrik Lundqvist and see what it would take him to get a one-year deal. Uh, it doesn't seem likely but they're doing your due diligence on that. I would think if Lundqvist is going to sign somewhere he's probably going to be cup chasing I would imagine but who knows. I mean a lot of those cup teams are pretty set at goal and I don't know if, you know, a team like Colorado who Elliot Friedman reported was sniffing around Corey Crawford, by the way, um is a team like Cory Craw- is a team like Colorado who's on the verge of winning a cup. Are you going to put your money in a declining and old Henrik Lundqvist? I don't know if that makes a lot of sense to me. Um so he might want to chase cups, but he might not be able to. I think teams like that are going to want to find someone with a little more left in a tank than Henrik Lundqvist I'm not saying the Hawks should do that but if things get desperate and Corey Crawford wants to test for agency and someone's going to pay him big because they think he's the last piece to a Stanley Cup puzzle and all that's left there is Henrik Lundqvist for a year I don't know like would you rather just sort of live with that for a year and and, and I mean the, the the harsh reality of this is and we talked about this in our last long ter- long form podcast is this team's just not built to compete right now they're not going to win a Stanley Cup. They're not competitive for a Stanley Cup, which is why I've sort of been pushing for them to just say, screw it and rebuild. But we know that's not going to happen, at least with the current regime in power. Um, so I don't know. What does it hurt? if have Lundquist sucks. You paid him for a year for 3 million. Okay, right. I, I don't know. It's just, it's sort of hard to, to evaluate what the Hawks should do because there doesn't seem to be a, a path to winning again. Unless Kirby Doc has a huge, huge year and Bocos takes a huge step forward and Ian Mitchell comes out and is a top four right away. Again, we do this every year with all these ifs and Pia Suter becomes Kubelik again. Okay, now we can talk a little bit. But again, those are a lot of big ifs. And and I don't know, it's just sort of hard to evaluate where this team is going forward because they don't they still even with this trade lack a clear plan.
0: Well, I mean, we talked last week on the podcast that we do want them to have a clear plan, but I think what you're alluding to about kind of the the mystery and the direction, I think, like you said, is partly because of the fact that there aren't really a whole lot of great options right now in terms of either choosing to do a complete teardown and rebuild or trying to bolster this roster for a cup run. I mean, the Blackhawks, even after this deal today, even after the move to get rid of Olimata's contract, it's not like they're flush with salary cap space. I mean, it's not like they're going to be able to go out and be these massive players in free agency. And I do think that free agency this season is going to look significantly different than it has in years past just because of the flat cap and the fact that a lot of teams do not have the cap space to go out and make giant splashes on the market. But at the same time, even if that market is depressed a little bit by that fact, I still don't see the Blackhawks being huge players and going out and trying to get the big-ticket items in free agency, unless Stan Bowman is seeing something that I'm not. Like, their best option right now is probably to address the multiple holes that they have in their roster to try to get some veteran guys on cheaper deals than it is to go out and get the big-ticket item and kind of try to paper everything over with, kind of guys that they have in their prospect pipeline or in their minor league system so I think that part of the problem facing the Blackhawks right now is that there are not that many palatable options and I know we can we can criticize them for not really having a clear plan but I think probably part of the reason that plan isn't very clear is because of the fact that none of the options are particularly appetizing I guess.
1: Yeah even when you look at the free agent class here when you look at the guys who are Unrestricted free agents. They're all all the big names are over thirty, right? So there's not a lot of sense in signing those guys. And the guys that are younger than that, like Taylor Hall's twenty eight, that's gonna be a huge deal for him, right? That's and, and maybe not as big as it would have been last year because of uh the flat cap going forward. But you're looking at the names like Michael grandland Jason Pominville, Miku Koivu's thirty seven. He's a nice player, but he's thirty seven. You know, Tori Krug, probably out of their price range. There's just not a huge name to sign here, and even if they wanted to, they probably can't, right? Yeah. It's just a matter of let's get a team that we can field on the ice and, and go from there, and, and they are very close to that area. Um, the Andrew Shaw thing looms big because that $3.9 million, that's a significant ha- cap hit, and if he's going to you know be in and out of the lineup or a non-factor – Mm, that's a tough pill to swallow. But if Andrew Shaw's back and he's Andrew Shaw, which to me is incredibly unlikely, but if that happens, they're a better team, right? So it's, I don't know, there's just so many, and I guess this is every team in the league and every off season we have this talk about if, 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 but I don't know, they, they're they just kind of, their hands are tied because of moves they've made in the past that, that either haven't worked out or have been too expensive or have been too short-sighted, and I think the Olimata trade would sort of qualify as a short-sighted move. You trade Dominic Cahoon for him. Yes, you needed a defenseman, but and I liked Olimata. I was one of the few few guys that actually liked the signing and liked the way he played for a good portion of the season. But you weren't looking ahead to what if Kubalik's good? We're gonna have to resign Dylan Strom. There's too many like seat-of-your-pants, you know, moments notice kind of signings and trades made. And is, now it's a net loss for Mata. You basically traded Dominic Cahoon for Brad Morrison. That's a bad trade.
0: I mean, yeah, and again, I will reiterate that it's not like I think that Ole Mata is this horribly overpaid player. No. But when you look at it through the context of what the Blackhawks can realistically afford to do for a guy who's probably no better than a fourth defenseman and in all likelihood is probably a fifth defenseman, you can't be paying guys like that four million dollars when you're experiencing the kind of salary cap issues that the Blackhawks are experiencing. So I'm not I'm not gonna like crush Stan Bowman for this trade. These trades I do feel like they needed to try to make a move to bring in a veteran guy. And it just he didn't quite live up he's this has been the story of Oli Mata's career. He hasn't lived up to the expectations that come with being drafted where he was and the pedigree of player that he was and that's just the fact of life and the Blackhawks have gotten out from underneath that contract it's kind of similar a little bit I think to the Brad Man- Brandon Manning deal where it's just like all right well this was a mistake now we have to get our way out of it and it, with the Blackhawks kind of over a barrel on this one I think that they did a fair and decent job of getting rid of that deal and getting something tangible in exchange for it, which is that salary cap space that'll be so critical for them into re-signing these other, ca- excuse me, these other guys.
1: Well, the NHL draft starts on Tuesday, uh, and I think a lot's going to happen between now and then. So, if news breaks, James and I will pick it up. We'll do another podcast for you. Also, a reminder: if you missed our draft preview episode from Friday with Ryan Wagman of McKean's Hockey go check it out once again the draft starts on Tuesday lots of good info on what the Hawks could do with number 17 overall at the NHL entry draft before we wrap up got to tell you about our friends at Dr. Squatch heads up we've got a new promo code with Dr. Squatch it used to be Madhouse it's now Madhouse 20 so go to drsquatch.com. use that promo code Madhouse 20 to save on your order 20% obviously get yourself some soap some hair care kits Get yourself the soap saver, and you will be a happy man. I showered with the cool, fresh aloe this morning. That is my favorite of the uh, soap options I have at Dr. Squatch, and I smell great. Hours later, even after devouring some buffalo wings for lunch, I can still smell the Dr. Squatch on my skin, and it's wonderful. So DrSquatch.com, promo code MadHouse20, and, of course, our friends at Fry the Coop, FryTheCoop.com. Go get some great hot chicken for your lunch, for your dinner, You will love it. It's the best hot chicken on the planet. We love everyone over there at Fry the Coop. They've been our sponsors for almost a year now. So we thank them for their continued support during what is definitely a very tough time for these small businesses that support us. So go to frythecoop.com, place your order online, pick up your order at their pickup window. Uh, And with that, we're going to wrap things up. We will talk to you as news breaks on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's and Crest Hill,
0: Dr. Squatch, and by Fry the Coop. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
1: Is that Shakespeare?
0: Nope, it's Geico. Uh,
1: yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, giveth thou the berries.